0: Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast.
1: Now I'm watching Jesse Smollett take the stand right now in his own defense. And I keep thinking, is he going to fake his own defense? Like he faked his fake hate crime. I don't know. We'll see. I would imagine he's faking his defense because there's no possible way this guy could be telling the truth. But hey, you never know. Maybe he'll sway a jury. I doubt it. Welcome to the podcast. How are how you doing? Hope you're having a good afternoon? A lot of developments. The Biden administration has, to their credit, just announced they will not be sending diplomats to uh, the Beijing Olympic Games. But um, as much as it's to their credit, let's be honest: this is this is this is not standing up to China. This is making a show um, behalf of human rights. And it's an important one, but I mean, it's not standing up to China. Let's let's be very very clear. And China is not going to blink twice over this. There's a big difference between those two things. But first, let me let me begin with this. Let's start with this. Um, this is what. Uh, Jen Psaki said regarding the, the administration's decision to do this right now. This is what Snark said just a few moments ago, wrapping up the decision not to send a diplomatic I delegation. If I
2: may. Is a diplomatic
1: boycott enough given the human rights abuses?
2: Well, let me, let me first say, you, everybody can call it whatever they want to call it. I would just remind you that uh, often when you f- use diplomatic boycott, that phrase, uh, that brings people back to 1980, uh, and we are not. The athletes will be participating. We will be rooting for the athletes from home.
1: i oh, okay. an Olympics it.
2: obsessed person, so I'm looking forward to doing that, but I think this is just an indication that it cannot be business as usual, that not sending a diplomatic delegation sends that message. That does not mean uh, I think this was your question, just to come back to it, that we are that is the end of the uh, concerns we will raise about human rights abuses in Xinjiang. We've already taken a number of steps. We've been a leader in the world in leading actions through the G7. We're obviously also working with Congress. Uh, but this is just uh, sending a message that given these human rights abuses, we cannot proceed with uh, business as usual.
1: I ah, forget it. I give them no credit. This is weak. This is weak. Oh, we're just not going to send some a diplomatic delegation. Who cares? The athletes are still participating. It's very obvious we're not we're not exactly we're we're not we're not ex- exactly doing anything to really hurt China here. We're not saying to the world we're out till they free the Uyghurs. Ah, this is a bunch of BS. What a show! What I sh- I can't believe I said to their credit. I take that back. Take it back. There's no to their credit. This is ridiculous. Uh, let me tell you also this too. It just happened a short time ago. Uh, Jackie Heinrich at the White House asked Jen Psaki if one of Kamala Harris's staffers was requested to put out a positive tweet following these terrible headlines surrounding the vice president. That was just a a few moments ago. And
0: then the director of operations put out a tweet today talking about how much he loved his job. Uh, There was a similar sort of social media push this summer following some negative headlines uh, about ongoings in the vice president's office. Did anybody ask the deputy director to
2: put out a positive tweet today or was that all him? I'm not aware of any asks for a positive tweet or a specific tweet. I would point you to the vice president's office, but I work with a number of people in the vice president's office who certainly are looking forward to continuing their jobs.
1: No, let me tell you something. That tweet was 100% orchestrated, but she also wants to remind you she's not the vice president's office, so move on. And don't besmirch her by asking about the VP's office. Come on. That's too low on the totem pole. You know that. Obviously. Today, Mayor Bill de Blasio, the most totalitarian egomaniac mayor in the history of the United States of America, came out and put on a new vaccine mandate. Private employers will now be required to have vaccinations in their workplaces, which is ridiculous. And he's so proud of this, too, because he's a huge, huge Marxist. He loves government authority. He loves telling people what to do. It's a long tradition of New York City mayors to do that. It started with the war on Big Gulps. Remember at the time, everybody said, ah, it's just Big Gulps, what do you care? And then they said, ah, it's just banning trans fats, what do you care? And then it was salt, what do you care? And now it's, of course, telling private companies they have to mandate vaccines in their workplaces. See, it starts with Big Gulps, and this is where it goes. That's why I always tell you, you can't allow the Big gulp slippery slope
3: attack a different way right now from the coronavirus, and we've got Omicron as a new factor, we've got the colder weather, which is going to really create additional challenges with the Delta variant, we've got holiday gatherings. We in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. So as of today, we're going to announce a first in the nation measure. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board. All private sector employers in New York City will be covered by this vaccine mandate as of December 27th. We're going to have some other measures as well to really focus on maximizing vaccination quickly so we can get ahead of Omicron and all Mm -hmm. the other challenges we're facing right now with COVID.
1: We're getting ahead of of a variant that is milder and weaker in terms of how it makes you sick than Delta, than Delta. This is what I'm talking about. This is, the, this is the hysteria of this variant from day number one, which has been absolutely, completely overhyped. No reason for this other than these guys seized on the opportunity to grow their power. It's what they always do. And they said, oh, look, a new variant. Let's seize more power. This is a mild variant. I mean, even Phil Murphy in New Jersey admitted that. The symptoms are mild. So what are we doing here? What, 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 what are we doing other than watching people use a variant that is weak to turn around And get stronger as political hacks. That's what's happening. By the way, my favorite clip of the day today. This is a guy who owns a cannabis dispensary in Oakland, California. All right? He used to sell weed on the streets of California. It's so bad now. Crime out there is so bad in California. And this could be any city in America run by Democrats. This could be any city in America. But this guy... Speaks for a lot of people right now. A
0: former convict says he felt safer during his life of crime after his Oakland cannabis dispensary was ransacked last month. Listen to this. I was safer selling weed on the streets of Oakland than I am selling it legally. And that's a problem. That's crazy to even say, but that's just the reality I'm living in right now.
1: You love it? I love that. I think that is great. This guy speaks the truth. It was safer selling weed on the streets. Oh, you know, one good point, too, about uh, totalitarian de Blasio's vaccine mandate. Think about this now. If you haven't had at least two, two COVID shots, many of the people who have not had those shots are minorities, racial minorities. A lot of black New Yorkers have not had the shots. You will not be allowed to work, go to a restaurant go to a museum, and more. So we're taking the Omicron variant as our excuse now to create a class system and exclude people, many of whom will be people of color. Just think about that for a moment.
3: I've said we have been climbing the ladder. As we have climbed the ladder, good things have happened. More and more people have gotten vaccinated. The city got safer. We were able to bring back people's livelihoods and jobs and the life of the city. We need to keep that going. So today we're going to be announcing uh, some additional measures to keep New Yorkers safe. And I'm going to remind everyone, job number one of any mayor, keep people safe. Well, you're not
1: doing that. Your city is on fire. People are getting shot in the streets in Times Square. People don't want to come there. They don't want to go in and see the tree right now. You're not keeping the city safe. And also, that's not your job. Your job is to pick up the garbage, quite frankly. The job of the police is to keep people safe, but you're, you're tying their hands. But you're not keeping anybody safe. Who the hell are you kidding?
3: This is the biggest crisis, not only of our time, of the history of New York City. We cannot let COVID back in the door again. So these measures today will make a big difference. First of all, with a key to NYC extremely effective program has been respected and uh, emulated around the country. It needs to be more, honestly. It's something that should be used in more and more places. Well, right now we require all employees and patrons, uh, everyone 12 and up, uh, to be vaccinated at least one dose that's indoor dining uh, fitness entertainment that's worked brilliantly it's been a tremendous success There so were a lot of concern about it at the beginning in fact it has been across the board success with very few problems you know there's been a few challenges but not many so we now are going to deepen that effort by requiring all employees and patrons uh, to have from 12 years old and up uh, two doses, and that will take effect on December twenty seventh. Because the idea is, every- because
1: COVID doesn't spread till after Christmas, obviously, till the till the high tourist season of Christmas. Then it starts to come back. This is so silly. What this guy's doing, and and for for New Yorkers who are not yet ready to get two doses of the vaccine or may not need it because they've had natural immunity, doesn't matter. Aggressive action is needed. This guy's going to take it. He wants to run for president. And nowadays, if you want to get the nomination as a Democrat, you got to go all Che Guevara. You got to show you'll use all the power of the state to force you against maybe even your will to absolutely cede away your bodily autonomy and do whatever the state tells you. That's the pathway to the Democrat nomination now. That's how you get there. You think it's Iowa, you think it's New Hampshire. Yes, but it's also totalitarianism. It's also by saying, I will use the most power of government to strip away your bodily autonomy and your personal individual freedom. Watch me, hold my beer as I now require these things in the city of New York.
3: One by that point... Who has gotten their first dose If you've gotten your first dose uh, by now You're going to be able to get your second dose by then we got to up the ante here We want to also encourage folks To get that second dose Vast majority of New Yorkers do And that's good news But we've got to encourage people even more Get that second dose Because that's what gives you so much more protection So two doses
1: Does it though? Does it give you that much more protection?
3: Okay Or all the key to NYC businesses Starting December 27th Employees and customers
1: Employees and customers. And remember, COVID won't be an issue until December 27th. Got it? Then it becomes a big, 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 big thing. Big thing at that point. Then it's a big, 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 big thing at that moment in time. So this is this this is is the modern Democrat Party today. Let me show you, let me prove to you that I will use more government than you will to force people to strip away their bodily autonomy. And this is nothing about being anti-vaccine. I'm, as you know, I'm, I'm a person who was vaccinated myself. I am just anti-mandates and I can't stand this nonsense because all they're doing now is they're taking an opportunity to grow their power and take more power away from the individual. And that's all they're doing. And there's no reason for this. There's no reason for this. Not with the numbers that we have right now. Not with a new variant that's actually weaker than the Delta variant. But this is opportunity and you give them opportunity and they're going to seize the opportunity. That's what I always tell you. They will seize the opportunity and grow their power and then they're never going to give it back. It's not like this is going to be over one day and then these guys are going to give back their power. They still have not given back my big gulp size. You think I'm joking about that, but I'm serious. It begins with that. You start allowing them to start getting into your donuts and your and your soda, and then next thing you blink and now you're being forced to get a vaccine. And I know that that sounds crazy, but it's not. It's when you cede away your, your liberty and your ability to make choices for your own body because they are telling you what to do to keep yourself safe. And obviously the glaring hypocrisy in all of this with these people is abortion, which we heard about last week in the very important Supreme Court case that was argued. And by the question of bodily autonomy now goes out the window when it comes to vaccines. The only time you're allowed to have it is when there's an abortion involved. That's it in in today's day and age. Otherwise, everything can be regulated. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear, what you smoke. I mean, all of it. And they'll force you against your will if necessary to put something into your body. So bodily autonomy is gone, except in abortion. That's it. It's the only time it's allowed, based on the left's ideas. And then, in which case, nobody can have a say. No one, at any point, any stage. In uh, Queensland, which is part of New Zealand, you will now be denied access to life-saving surgery if you're unvaccinated. So we're just going to basically decide, yet yeah, you're going to die if you choose not to be vaccinated you will not get access to life-saving surgery. Of
4: course, a bitter pill to swallow this morning for the unvaccinated. Queenslanders needing life-saving surgery. It's been revealed that patients will be denied that procedure unless they're fully vaccinated. Many say they're not anti-vax, they're just fearful of the side effects. That policy won't be re-evaluated until February next
2: year.
1: Well, that's helpful. That's helpful. So if you need a life-saving procedure but you have an issue and you want to you don't really want to get vaccinated or you think you have natural immunity whatever it is, nope. There you go. You're not going to get access to life-saving surgery. And that's in New Zealand, but this stuff spreads around the world as you know. For example, here is totalitarian doctor Lena Wen on CNN, who is now one of the many voices advocating now for a vaccine requirement for domestic travel. Now you have a constitutional right to travel. You have the freedom to travel this country. And the idea now that they're going to stop you and make you show papers before you can board to show that you have something in your body is ridiculous. I equate it to the no-fly list. They used to put people on the no-fly list because they were Muslim, thought they were terrorists, and they wouldn't fly, and there was no due process. And many people now want a government database to put people's names in there and then not let them fly if their name doesn't come up. But there's real questions about this too. For example, I mean, you get to the airport, and what if your name is on the list... Uh, what if your name's not on the list, but you've been vaccinated and you got all the kids there and everybody's ready to go? Do they let you fly? What if you just genuinely think it's none of their freaking business? I mean, do you still have a right to feel that way or no? Not anymore. Not anymore because COVID now we have to strip all that away. A vaccine requirement for domestic
3: travel be something that the White House considers?
4: Yes, there is a lot that's already uh, in the Biden winter strategy, but... I think the right components are there, but not to the degree that they can be. So, for example, with international travel, moving the 72 hours of of pre-arrival testing or pre-departure testing, rather, to 24 hours is good. But why not also ask people to self-quarantine and then test once they arrive? And then when it comes to domestic travel, I do think that it's really important to put into place a testing or vaccination requirement, meaning that everybody is required to be tested, but you can opt out of it If you are vaccinated, and that's because it's not so much the travel itself that's dangerous. Actually, if everybody is masked on planes or trains, it's pretty safe. It's more that if people are going in between different regions, they could be carrying COVID-19 with them. If they then are at a destination, then they are going to hotels and bars and seeing friends and family. They're carrying COVID between different parts of the country. And so that testing or vaccination requirement will be a key to reducing the spread of COVID in different parts of the country.
1: Uh, Dr. Wynn. I have to ask the obvious question then: uh, If it's safe to travel because you're wearing a mask, and then you go with your friends and your family, and it turns out now that you, you're spreading COVID all around the country, all, all around the, the country, and they're going to they're going to test you and tra- and and you can either get a vaccine, but you know if, if you're vaccinated, you can still spread COVID. So that's the part of this where I don't understand. You get tested, or if you have a vaccine, you don't have to get tested. But we know that you can spread. COVID even if you're vaccinated. So doesn't that kind of blow up her idea right then and there? I mean, because it sounds good. Let's make sure that we don't spread COVID around the country. So you're traveling to a different region, you might bring COVID with you. But if you're vaccinated, you don't have to get tested. But if you're vaccinated, you can still spread COVID. See, so he says, again, it's not—it's not really about anything other than just exercising complete and utter control over you. That's the bottom line. None of this makes sense. Also, you could test no—you could test negative for COVID. Get on a plane. By the time you get there, now suddenly it, you're symptomatic and you're spreading, and and you're, you're spreading to a different region. I mean, the testing's not bulletproof either. Why not just ban travel? Just make everybody stay in their homes again for two weeks until this variant runs out. Why not do that? I mean, they have all these. Uh, oh, because that wouldn't do it either. Right, it wouldn't do it either. That's the other problem. There's nothing we can do other than just be thankful that so far the symptoms of this new variant are mild. That's a great thing. Why are we not celebrating that? The only chance we have, in my opinion, and I know this sounds cold, is for this to spread in throughout the population, overtake Delta, and yeah, even people that are vaccinated, even people that have had COVID get it, and then eventually it's just, it's just here, like the cold, and that's it, and it's over, and this whole thing's over. Now, what I worry about, of course, is that China has some other little variant up their sleeve somewhere. But assuming that's not the case, this could be the end of this. But it seems like they want to do everything in their power to make sure that it's not the end of this. (laughs) Uh, But remember now, because COVID is why we have a lot of crime. And White House Secretary Jen Psaki acknowledged that last week. And my favorite because COVID moment of the week last week was all this crime, smashing gab robberies and everything like this because COVID. Well, did she think about it over the weekend? Did she think about it? And maybe now change her mind that, you know what, maybe it's not COVID. Nope, she doubled down on it today.
0: On the violent crime spike that we've been seeing, um, there have been smash and grab robberies. There was the pretty alarming murder in the wealthy Hollywood neighborhood last week, and then uh, an attack, a, a violent robbery in Pacific Palisades on Friday. This is sort of similar to the crime spike that we saw over the summer. And one of the president's biggest uh, pushes to address that was the DOJ strike teams that were sent out to those five cities. It was D.C., New York, Chicago, L.A.,
2: and San Francisco. Since those strikes, forces were assembled in July, have they accomplished anything? Look, I think we sent those uh, strike forces in part because of the spike in gun violence, something that continues to be a concern, and we sent them, uh, the Department of Justice, I should say, sent them in order to work in partnership and in lockstep with law enforcement on the ground. We've also recently taken steps. uh, The Justice Department, the FBI, and federal law enforcement have been working with local jurisdictions, especially areas like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and others, where we've seen a rash of break-ins, to offer their assistance and provide assistance through multi- jurisdictional task forces. Uh, We know that we've seen over the course of time, while we'll let other people determine what the cause and effect is, we know we've seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic. We've seen that timeline. What the president's been focused on doing is working to ensure there's funding to support local cops, to support local jurisdictions, to ensure that law enforcement at a federal level is a partner, both in the short and long term, to
1: address... You know, all those platitudes sound great. Why don't you acknowledge these are woke leftist prosecutors and woke Democrats in these cities who have created the circumstances by which people fear, uh, not, I should say, what, what, the criminals have no fear. Why don't you acknowledge that? Acknowledge that. They've created the circumstances for that. They have laid the deck. So right now, people at shoplift, they're not worried about getting in trouble. People that go on these smash and grab robberies think that if they're caught which is not likely, but if they're caught, slap on the wrist. Acknowledge that people like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia and all these district attorneys around the country acknowledge that they have created the game here. The table stakes now are you can do pretty much anything you want as long as it's under $1,000 that you're stealing and nothing's going to happen to you. And even if it's worse than that, you're going to be back on the street. Bail's not a thing anymore. You're going to be back out. Acknowledge that it's the policies these
2: spikes in crimes or, uh, or gun violence, which is an ongoing concern, and to ensure there's adequate...
1: Gun violence. Because guns cause violence. Remember that. ...in the budget. So that's what we are working to do. Dep- Only if Alec Baldwin has the gun do guns cause violence. Otherwise, people cause the violence using the gun as an object. Well, Alec Baldwin claimed, of course, the gun just miraculously fired, but or it was a, a, a murder plot, but you know. Otherwise, otherwise. The
2: Department of Justice, I'm sure, can provide you an update on the strike forces. Are you talking about the funding in the Build Back Better plan? plan? The, the, the funding in the president's proposed budget, which is an increase uh, significantly over what former President Trump proposed. So are you saying that passing this the spending plan would address crime that, in that way? Well, I'm saying that it, it, it passing the president's budget, which is something obviously we want to get to next year, since we could only uh, get to a short term uh, CR, has significant increase in in funding to support police departments, support the fighting of crime, and a significant increase from former President Trump and something President supports.
0: And then is there any concern that not having an ATF nominee while all
2: this is going on is somehow leaving vulnerability or a gap in leadership? Well, uh, I think our collective view here is that uh, the blocking of a fully qualified, experienced former ATF agent uh, from serving in that role uh, certainly is something Republicans didn't have to take the step to do. But
1: here we are. Well, here we are. Now, uh, that guy was absolutely the wrong choice for that job. No doubt. He was an anti-gun guy in ATF. It's not what you want. Clearly, you don't want that. But Jen Psaki knows that
2: we have to nominate a new person. And uh, when we're uh, when the president finds the right person, I'm sure he'll he'll be prepared to do that. But again, we could have had a nominee.
1: Oh, I could have had a nominee. Look, the, the, the reality here is this. This is the reality. OK, liberal prosecutors have created the circumstances by which now crime is soaring in America. They created it. That's the table stakes. You know, five-year-olds now, it, it, it's five through 11. If you want to go into a restaurant or something like that in New York City, you have to show your COVID test or, you're, or you're, you've been vaccinated. you got to be vaccinated now in New York City. Five-year-olds. What happened to protecting grandma? Two weeks to slow the spread so grandma doesn't die, remember? Grandma and grandpa, the elderly and the most vulnerable. Now, if you want to take your five-year-old, the friendlies, she better be vaccinated or there's no ice cream cone for her. This is freaking madness with these people, isn't it? It's madness, everything they touch is turning to to, to you know what everything speaking of you know what a police dog pooped on the ice today at the Flyers avalanche game did you hear that or last night before the the game Uh, oh is it for tonight no it's tonight the Flyers avalanche game it was uh, tweeted by Jordan Hall a group of police dogs were on the ice several hours of tonight's game and one decided it was a perfect time for a bathroom break Philly police pups right on the ice I mean if that's not the greatest thing I've ever heard right there I don't know what is the Philadelphia police dog, boom, right on the ice there. God bless him. Hey, look, he's an officer. He's got to go. He's got to go. You know what I mean? You got to go. You got to go. I got to see if I can get that cop on the show. That's fantastic. That makes me so happy that this happened. You hear that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Listen. right on top of the logo too he nailed it the 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 dog nailed it if you ask me i say good for him you gotta go you gotta go
0: let's cut through the bs this is the rich Zeoli podcast
1: do you remember Stacey abrams she ran for governor of georgia and she lost and she challenged the election and now she says she did not challenge the outcome of the election (laughs) you remember that she's now saying that she did not challenge the outcome of the election does everybody remember how Stacey Abrams acknowledged that this election was stolen from her and she would not concede the election and did not concede the election for, I think, maybe almost two years? Two two years? Wow. Oh, and, and the, uh, the lesser Cuomo just announced now he wants $6 million a year for his contract. That's how much this guy was getting paid? Oh, my God. It's amazing to me, isn't it? How some of these people can make so much money? CNN is bracing for a legal battle with the lesser Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, after a bitter back and forth about what the network knew of his secret efforts to aid his brother. He now says the deal is worth $6 million annually, but CNN has no intention of paying him a penny. $6 million a year this knucklehead was getting for what? For being the 14th highest rated show on CNN? I mean, I get it. TV makes a lot more money than radio, but come on. Seriously? Oh, and this is some good news too. Netflix has decided they're going to do a comedy festival and they're going to include Dave Chappelle, even amid the quote-unquote scandal over Snowflakes being upset with some of his jokes. Good for them. Netflix is going to be part of their just-announced mega stand-up comedy festival. Netflix is a joke. 11-day festival held in Los Angeles in 2022 where over 130 comedians, including Dave Chappelle, will perform their routines. That makes me happy that he's going to be part of it, that they didn't completely cancel him. That makes me really, really happy. Good. Uh, Here's something else, too. The question, of course, now, of how did President Biden... You know he's coughing all the time? You hear him all the time. He comes out with... (laughs) Well, now he says it's not COVID... But a baby gave him a cold, okay? A baby gave him a cold. So this back and forth on Friday was amazing about how it is that someone could have given the President of the United States a cold. I
0: didn't- president's remarks earlier today when he was asked about his cold. He said that he was te- he is being tested daily for COVID-19. My understanding was that it was done with less frequency of that. I know Dr. O'Connor said that he was tested three times this week, but is there a change in protocol where he is going to be tested daily? And what kind of tests is he getting, antigen or PCR
2: tests? Uh, yeah, I think we just put out some details from Dr. O'Connor that outlines how many times he's been tested, and I believe the kind of tests um, that he received. He received those tests because he had a cold, uh, which was would be considered a symptom um, and uh, but it's not a change in protocol and so
0: he is not going to be tested daily. no okay and then thanks jen just to clarify the president did say he was tested every day for covid so did he dismiss me there
2: well i think we should, i would point you to the transparent note we put out from the doctor to all of you that outlines how many times he was tested and exactly what he was tested for
0: okay
3: um, and then, one more topic to follow up on some of the questions from earlier The president was hoarse and coughing today. A lot of people in the workforce are encouraged not to go to work if they are exhibiting those symptoms, even if they are fully vaccinated. So are the rules different for the president?
2: Great the president, point. Again, was tested uh, as we put out in some in a transparent piece of information from his doctor, where he received a response quickly from that test, enable him enabling him to proceed. People also had he had a cold, uh, which is what you know uh, from the information put out by the doctor.
3: But as you know from your own experience, it is possible to test negative several times before there's a positive test. So, is there any concern about? Having him at work while he's got these symptoms. Yeah,
1: Biden's a super spreader. Let's face it, Deucey's right. Deucey's got to go here, and Biden might be getting everybody sick at the White House. He might be. He might be the super spreader of Washington D.C. It's the only thing he's good at spreading is COVID, apparently. Because that's what's happening right now. Oh, they go negative test, negative test, but you could still be positive with a negative test. The deuce is right. So is the president creating an unsafe work environment? People don't feel safe in the workplace? Uh, that's kind of a buzzword, you know. Even if he is showing negative
2: I, I can tests. assure you uh, that the president follows every protocol. He wants to keep uh, everyone safe in the he's White He's coughing House, at the podium why, all the time. Uh, what are you talking he, about? with the doctor, and we put out that information
1: to make He's it hacking away every involved. time he's up at the podium. Following up on the questions about his health, obviously, like
0: everybody else, we wish that he will get well soon. The question, though, is given the fact that he has a cold right now, are there any things that are being done differently? Have meetings been scaled back? Is he doing something separately or is everything continuing as planned, given the test?
2: It's continuing as planned. He's taking some over-the-counter cold medication um, and probably some cough drops and some tea. Uh, but otherwise, he's proceeding
1: with his schedule.
0: And then just, just to finally to punctuate that very quickly, just for clarity.
1: And just to point out something, you can still give people colds. But I guess that's okay in the White House. You're allowed to spread colds. See, I thought we were all supposed to stay home if we were sick, even if it wasn't COVID. When did it become okay to be sick, get a COVID test, and come back into the workplace and infect your coworkers? Particularly if you're the President of the United States. And when did that become a thing? I'm just curious. Because I thought the new the new etiquette was, if you're sick, stay home, because it could be COVID, even if it says it's not COVID, but also because don't be a, you know what, and give people colds and flus. Like, just don't be a giant D, Democrat, and give people a cold and the flu. You giant, uncaring D. Can you please be a little more considerate? Nope.
0: You said earlier that the reason he had these tests was because he was showing symptoms. So... He gets tested though when he's not showing symptoms, correct. correct?
2: Yes, on a regular basis, not as frequently, and even cold symptoms. So
0: three times this week was because he was showing symptoms, correct. on other weeks it would be less than the three yes, times. Exactly, okay. exactly.
2: Thank you for the clarification. Go ahead. Back on
3: just a real quick clarification, the letter that you all sent out um from the president's yeah. does not indicate whether the COVID test was a PCR test. Okay, an fair. Test, I, you, I will get, get, the, get
2: the, the clarification from him, absolutely. Right. I read it too quickly.
3: They're all
1: worried about getting sick. I don't blame. blame. Blame them. It's clearly obvious. Now, this president doesn't care about anybody else's health. We've heard about Trump and debate prep. This is Biden up there hacking up a lung in the middle of a global pandemic. And they go, oh, well, he might have had a test. What kind? I don't know. It might have been a magic eight ball test where you shook it and it said no covid. But you're still contagious with a cold, a respiratory virus. But feel free to come and hack all over people at work. Well, I would imagine that may want to get some criticism from the media, perhaps some criticism. Trump got his debate prep team sick. I'm not saying that's okay, but I'm also saying the way that the media has talked about this lately, even follow the timeline of Trump's debate prep COVID strategy. You would have thought the guy purposely was injecting everybody with smallpox. Here's Biden hacking up a lung with respiratory viruses. And maybe COVID, maybe not, because the tests are not bulletproof. And they're like, ah, suck it up, boys, suck it up. up here, yes, it's, it's important given the the difference in sure. accuracy.
2: Understood. That's
1: all. Thank you.
2: Okay, sounds great.
1: There you go. And you got it from a baby. Who's the baby? Is that what I want to know? Who? Maybe Hunter. Might be one of Hunter's love children. Last week, I filled in for the great one, Mark Levin. I had the opportunity to interview Miranda Devine, her new book about Hunter's laptop, The Laptop from Hell. A lot of questions, of course, of uh, his influence with Russia and China, especially now Vladimir Putin is preparing now, basically, to invade another country. Uh, Saki was asked about Hunter Biden today. Would she address it? Of course not. Remember something. Trump's kids were all fair game, obviously, even the ones that didn't work in the White House. They were fair game. But now with this president, even though the adult Hunter Biden could be a liability for the president, maybe from a blackmail perspective, you get nothing.
2: Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Uh, the Biden administration today put out a big report about addressing corruption. I want to ask you two quick and hopefully pretty easy questions about that. Um, shortly after President Biden's uh, virtual meeting with the Chinese president, uh, the first son's attorney said that he has finally divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by state-owned entities. I was hoping you could commit to uh, basic transparency about that transaction, including the name of the buyer, the dollar amount, and the timing. And the second question is, my colleague, Miranda Devine, has a new book out called uh, The Laptop from Hell. And I was hoping that you could confirm that the laptop is indeed authentic um, and not Russian disinformation, as you seem to suggest on Twitter last year. Well, uh, on the first, uh, the president's son is not an employee of the federal government, so I'd point you to his representatives. And as it relates to the book, I've ther- neither had the time nor interest in exploring or reading the book. Uh, go ahead, the Tina. First son's attorney. Go ahead, Tina. Inf- I,
1: I think I ahead. Move on. You, you we don't care. We don't
2: talk about to Hunter. The person who's not an employee we, of the federal government. We don't go talk ahead, about Tina. Hunter. I think we have to on. move on. Go ahead. Anything the White House is doing.
1: Yeah, we're going to do corruption, but corruption of the president's family members. We're not going to discuss that. Okay, that's not something we're going to discuss. So move on, move on, zip it, move on. Let's go. I guess basically the bottom line here is they'll decide what they want to talk about and what they don't. But how about the super spreader workplace? President Joe Biden. (laughs) Well, it's not covid. Oh, good. Thanks. I was hoping to get the flu. Appreciate that. Thanks. Hacking all over me. Remember, five-year-olds have to be vaccinated if you want to take them to get an ice cream cone. They gotta be vaccinated in New York City, but this is all about protecting grandpa. Even grandpa is standing up at the podium now, spitting on everybody and coughing. These people are amazing. Russia's massing 175,000 troops at the Ukraine border, obviously very afraid of Joe Biden and what the president will do to him, very afraid. And this diplomatic boycott of the Olympics is a joke just nothing to teach China a lesson. Who are we kidding? Have a great rest of your day today. I'll see you tomorrow.